Dive into real estate. What are you waiting for? Welcome to the Dive into Real Estate Investing for Newbies podcast, where you will learn some of the newest strategies and simple techniques to get into real estate investing. This podcast is about helping you take action and motivating you to dive into real estate for financial freedom. Now, your host, Cecil Rose. All right, welcome to another episode of Dive into Real Estate for Newbies podcast. I have a special guest, Dale Sterling or Dale Buy Houses, one of the biggest buyers in my area in the Baton Rouge, Louisiana area. Dale have brought several short sales, several wholesale deals from me. Um, Dale does a lot of creative financing, gives back to the community, has um, just really done a lot for the community. And uh, Dale, I just want to welcome you to the podcast. Thanks for being on today. Yes, sir. I, I enjoy our relationship, uh, business and otherwise, and um, I love talking about real estate. So thank you for having me. So Dale, I wanted to just, um, you know, I know your time is valuable. I just wanted to, you know, just share with the audience of some of the things that, that you've done. I, I think um, as far as how long have you been in, in real estate or how long has you, have you been doing real estate? Uh, 30 years. This year will be 30 years. 30 years. And how many properties have you owned? I think uh, when I first met you, I was uh, looking for cash buyers. I started off uh, doing some wholesaling. And when I looked on the public records, like I had saw your name everywhere. Like, I don't know if it was all your properties, but it was like almost three to 400 properties um, that you had owned. Um, was that uh, something you always envision yourself doing, just owning a lot of properties? Like, how did you get started? Um, my father and I started together. And um, I'll tell you a, a quick story. I can remember the 6543 Cambridge was the 10th house that we bought. And we thought, you know, we had arrived after having 10 houses. And, um, and I remember my dad saying, once we get to 100, he liked to eat it. Um, Captain D's and I always wanted to get uh, cheese sticks and he said if if we get to a hundred houses you can order cheese sticks so I also remember the the hundredth house that we bought and um, been fortunate to buy quite a few after you know since since that time but it was just an accumulation of, of hard work and continue you know doing the same thing over and over that uh, allowed us to do what um, what we've enjoyed doing my dad has since passed. And I'm trying to carry on his his name and reputation, but um, yes, sir, just one at a time. It never did really have a goal of how many we wanted to buy. Just just uh, when a deal came across, we tried to um, to purchase it. Okay. Now, um, have you a lot of the deals that you you usually buy um, are they off? the market deals or do you buy them on the MLS or it all depends? I would say pre-flood, which has been the first 25 years of my uh, real estate career. I, I bought most of it was foreclosures that had, that had been listed on the MLS through relationships that I had with realtors that, that dealt mainly in foreclosures. But since the flood and, um, and there's so many new investors, which is good, good for everyone. 
the MLS is just usually picked over. Everybody knows about it at the same time. So it's harder. It's getting harder to make a, a good deal out of their MLS, but they're still out there. Right, right, right. I know, like I said, I think when I met you, um, I was doing chart sales still at the time. And um, I had a few deals that I had brought to you. And uh, most of my deals, I, you know, of course, I would, you were one of my, are one of my bigger, bigger buyer, cash buyers. So that's how we started uh, establishing our relationship. Um, is it, is there a criteria of what you look for when you buying homes? Cause some people just, they just may look at a deal and think it's a good deal, but is there a certain formula you use a certain number? Cause I know, you know, Baton Rouge area pretty good. Is there something, you know, like, cause I, I think what, what I like about you is like, if I seen you a property and say, Hey, I got a property in this area. It's like, you know, this area, like the back of your hand. Um, is that because of years your experience or you just know formula-wise criteria what you're looking for? Um, yeah, area makes a big difference. Um, and I'm sure there's this way in, in most cities, but one block away can make a difference between a $35,000 house and a $235,000 house. So knowing the area and, um, you know, if I'm looking at it as a rental, I go by percentage, but then you have to back off that percentage if you know that the the comps in that area are not selling for very much. So you might be able to get 24% on your your money in an area, but it's not worth it's not worth what that number would generate. Um, it still may not you still might not be able to resell it, that property and and get out of it if you needed to. So there's some some areas that I would could, there's probably nothing that I wouldn't buy if it was the right deal, but there's some areas that I look at a house and say, hey, that's going to be something that I want to buy and hold, or that's going to be something that I would flip, or if that's something that I would just wholesale out if it's not if it's not somewhere that I want to be long term and I don't think I could resell it, I'll just try to find someone else to to buy it. Um, which I, I think it's good to keep your eyes open if you're if you're only looking for rentals, you know, and and it doesn't fit your formula, then you've wasted time. You've wasted a lead. Whereas if you keep your eyes open and, and form relationships with people that are looking for things that you're not, you can come across it when you come across a deal. If it's a good deal, you can lock it up and then pedal it to someone that's looking for that particular kind of property. Right, right. So for what you're doing now, um, I know you, I don't know if you still own a lot of single family. I think you transitioned now to mobile home parks. And um, have you, It was it a reason why you kind of transitioned from single family to mobile home? Is there a, a difference in, of what you're doing now than what you were doing with the single families? I believe that mobile home parks are a little bit easier to manage. And also, um, I'm doing, um, it, it's a more volume. So, and my, you know, 25% on a $25,000 house is a great deal. But if you can get 
18% on a half a million dollar project, you're still doing better than, um, than you would be. So it's just kind of been able to upscale up, um, right. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I, I, so, so how many mobile home parks do you own right now since you've started? Um, I think I own six right now. And all those are just all over the Louisiana area or you have a that specific? Um, I, I live in Walker, so uh, in Livingston Parish. So that's kind of my home base, but I also have some in Ponchatoula and some as far out as Church Point. So, um, I, you know, if the deal works and it's not too far out, I would look at anything. Right, right. Now, are you? Do you own the the trailers? Um, do you own them individually, or are they kind of leased out? Um, when I buy a park, I convert anything that is park owned into tenant owned. I do lease purchases with the tenants, um, so that I don't have any actual maintenance on the homes themselves. And then after they um, pay off the, the homes, I encourage them to, hopefully they'll stay in the park and continue to, to rent a lot. Right, right. Are you, are you looking for more mobile homes or all most of your mobile home parks are filled as far as trailers or individuals? Um, are I you have, looking for I am probably 80% occupied at this point, but yes, I'm looking for either um, more mobile homes or people to move theirs in. Right. Because I've heard stories, you know, people, um, and I think mobile homes are something that has been around for a very long time, mobile home parks, but some people uh, tend to shy away from it because of the cost of moving trailers and all that. Uh, is that a big challenge, you know, getting trailers moved? Um, what is the cost of that? To, to move a typical single wide, you're looking at probably 3000 to 3500 Double wides are probably 8000 So it is some initial cost up front. But um, when you resell it to the, to the tenant or to the owner, that's all factored in. So it's money that you're eventually going to recover. Right, right, right. So are you, I know you had told me a story about one of your mobile home parks. I think you had went in it with a lot of equity, right? So when you, it seemed like you, the formula you use with the single family, you're also using with, with mobile home parks. Um, can you kind of just go a little into one of your, I think you said you had went into one of your mobile home parks with at least a million of, dollars worth of equity, I think, in it? Yes, yes, sir. I bought it for 2.3 um, and appraised for over $3 million, uh, and as it was. And then I've since upped the um, occupancy, so it's probably a $3.5 million to $4 million park at this point. Wow. That's, that's, the, the, that's the opportunities that you just don't have in a single-family Right. Uh, it takes a lot of deals to pick up that much equity. Right. 
And how how are you finding these deals? Are they just the relationships you've built? Are they different wholesalers? Or because I'm sure these deals are not on the market, right? Um, some some have been, and some are um are um are through relationships of people that they they know that they you know they know somebody that's going to be um selling the park then we get the the uh, inside track on them right um, trailer parks themselves if managed correctly can be very um profitable a lot of times it, it's like when you're looking for a house either the house has some pro the house has problems or the owner has problems and most of the time the park starts off with the owner having problems um you know, being distracted or not, not managed properly. And then the, that shows up in the park and it devalues the park. Whereas now I can buy it at a lower, lower price and get it back up to uh, profitable and running efficiently and increase the value. Right. Does it, would you recommend to someone just starting off if they had a good opportunity to get in mobile home parks versus multi-family would it depends on the deal or in your opinion you would probably lean more towards the mobile home parks or multi-family i really believe single family is the best way to get your feet wet um in the rental business to start off with um and then then if you wanted to move into multifamily or uh, mobile home parts um if you kind of get if, if you were to make a mistake it would would not um cripple cripple you so i i would recommend people just starting off to to purchase s some amount of single family houses manage those for a while and then look to to um get multifamily or mobile home parks okay so so Dale, how many how many single family homes have you have you owned like is it hundreds how many doors have you i'm sure it's over a thousand um through the years now and they, some of those i could have owned for five minutes um nice. you know just bought them and sold them the same day but i i'm not to sound boastful, but uh, I would say I've purchased over a thousand properties. Right, and I'm I'm thinking you probably buying at least a hundred or more properties a year, either holding them or reselling them. I would say um, most years I would say that yes, sir. Right, right. Um, obviously, my first year I didn't do that, and, but um, here recently I would say I purchased on average 75 to 100. Now, um, but you, you, was this always your job, like working with your father, um, just buying houses or did you do anything else besides real estate? Um, I had, I worked for an electrician for a little while and an air conditioning company. Um, both were good employers. I just didn't, um, was not very mechanically inclined. So uh, 
kind of doing this by default um, kind of fell into my passion and um, I'm thankful that I, I get the opportunity to do something every day that I enjoy. Right, right. And also, I think now you're you're kind of mentoring some people with some uh, some projects also, right? It, that is correct. I, um, I try to make myself as available to as many people as I can to answer questions, but I also take a, a more in-depth. Uh, I have some people that I'm taking a more in-depth approach to to getting them involved in the business and um, to pass on what I've been fortunate enough to learn through other people and through trial and error to hopefully make someone else's road a little smoother. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I, I really appreciate that. Um, I know. we. So we're about to wrap up. I wanted to ask you, is there any advice would you give to somebody that's new, that's trying to get in the business as far as real estate There's so much information out on social media uh, so many programs that people are paying thousands of dollars for, which I'm not knocking at. Um, but what advice would you give somebody that's just getting into real estate, trying to get their feet wet? Why would you tell them to start off at? Well, um, the main thing I would say is do something. Um, first, I, to, you know, don't be scared. <laughs> Doing nothing is, is the worst thing you can, can do. Um, but also in that same context is find someone, find a realtor, find someone that's been doing it and ask them, say, hey, and unfortunately in the world that we live in, there's most people are do the right thing and, and will try to help you any way they can. But there's not, there's those kind of people out there that would maybe not have the best intentions. So it, if I was, to talk to somebody that was trying to get into the business, I would say if you find a deal, get it under contract, and then ask someone's opinion of whether that's a good deal or not. That way, you you know, through your inspection period, you still have some, a chance to back out of it before the um, contingency period is over. But I ask people and say, hey, you know, uh, is this a good deal? And one of the best ways to say, you know, go take your deal to somebody else and say, uh, you know, give me your opinion. And then would you buy this from me? And if they say, cause the, the, that's the most honest way to, for them to answer it is, I mean, if you know they would buy it from you, you probably know that it's a good deal. Right. Right. Yeah. I think, uh, like you said, and then having people, uh, mentors like yourself that you can go to and, get some type of um, feedback, advice, and wisdom. Uh, I think going to your local real group is a good place to go to. I know you're very active um, there. You're present there also. Um, so again, Dale, I, I just wanted to thank you for coming on the show and um, just, you know, reaching out, giving back, and, and just you know, being in my life because you have uh, helped me a lot as far as uh, some things I've learned in real estate and you've done a lot of business with me. So I really appreciate that and uh, look forward to continue doing business with you. If any, if anyone have any type of deals or anything like that, uh, is there any way or any contact information you would like to give out? 
Um, you can go to uh, dalebuyshousesnow.com um, and, and send information to me that way. And also, if, uh, if you have a question, you can, um, I'll try to respond to emails and uh, inquiries that, that way as well. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I appreciate it, Dale. Appreciate you being on the uh, the podcast, and uh, hopefully, everyone will go back and listen to this. And uh, a lot of wisdom, a lot of knowledge, nuggets. So, see you on the next show. Thank you for listening to the Dive Into Real Estate Investing for Newbies podcast at diveintorealestatefornewbies.com. 